Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Ayo. Ayo. That's that's not a spirited AO. I felt like it wouldn't come out of my mouth. Yeah, it sounded like it was going through molasses. It's early. It's, it's AO. <laughs> my my uh, voice doesn't work in the morning, apparently. Oh my god, it's like really low. It's like very deep. Yeah, it's not even that early. It's like 9.30. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that is our cue to move on into the football talk. Um how you feeling about week six? It's been a bumpy, bumpy road. I feel like every week I go set my lineups. It's like, do I even have any decisions to make? Because who's healthy? Who doesn't have COVID? Which games aren't canceled? Because those are the players going into my lineups. Yeah. <laughs> There's really not many decisions to make this year. It's like, oh my goodness, this person is playing? I guess I got to play them because everyone else isn't. Yeah, my best start-sit advice this season has been to play your active players. So... There's Congratulations to me. It seems like a lot of them are finally coming back. We got back A.J. Brown last week, which was so much fun to watch him. Hopefully Julio Jones and Devontae Adams and, you know, Kenny Galladay who came back before. But hopefully they all get healthy here quickly, Michael Thomas. And we have our studs back in the league. Yeah, but now we have bye weeks. Bye weeks. I know. It feels like we already went through the bye week. Yeah, like hasn't 2020 just been one giant bye week to ruin our seasons? Uh, This week we have the uh, New Orleans Saints, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, and Seattle Seahawks on bye. Lots of fantasy assets in those groups, unfortunately. You know what stinks the most about the Raiders being on a bye? It's when you have Darren Waller. You just kind of get to plug him in every week. You feel good about it. And then when he's on bye and you're trying to find a replacement tight end, like those don't exist. What's a replacement tight end? <laughs> they, they don't exist. The waiver wire is like Logan Thomas, Ian Thomas. All of the Thomases. All of the Thomases. That will get you 1.5 points if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Um, everybody, I am Kate. You can check me out on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Michelle. You can find me at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. And you can follow BallBlastFootball at BallBlastFB. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, we got some YouTube's stuff. Uh, lots of content over at BallBlastFootball.com, including rankings. Uh, going to be getting some Dynasty rankings up there soon. Um, we've got a lot of exciting, uh, content on a week to week basis. So be sure to check that out. We just added a couple of dynasty writers. So we're going to be expanding our, our content and gosh, we got a lot. We have so many writers now. We have so many writers. We're going to have so much content that I'm not even going to be able to read it all. So hopefully you all have time to do that. Yeah, we're, we're. We're heading in an awesome direction, and I'm so excited. But everybody, be sure to check that out. And if you're uh, so inclined to help support the work that we do and help us pay all of these writers we've just hired, uh, please consider supporting us over at uh, patreon.com slash ballblast. You will get a uh, access to the Slack channel. You get an extra episode of the podcast per week. Um, it, you get all sorts of fun stuff, including premium betting content. Woo! Pays for itself. <laughs> Uh, Betts is having a really good record year. So 
Uh, oh, yeah, Betts is great. I wish we had him before. Now I can't bet yeah. working for the NFL. It would, stinky NFL. I'm like, boy. I get this great advice from Betts, and I can't even bet. Betts is Betts, man. Betts is Betts. All right. I mean, he was meant to be a good better. Like, oh, yeah. Can you imagine having that last name and sucking at betting? Like, that, that would suck. It's like having um, tall as your last name and being short. Wow. Is that a last name? <laughs> I could not. I'm not witty, guys. I could not think of things on that the was, fly like that. That was good. Yeah, thanks. That was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just dive into the news. Okay. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Le'Veon Bell signed with the Chiefs. Oh my God. Well, A, if somehow you're listening to this podcast and didn't know Le'Veon Bell. Yikes. I'm sorry. We broke the news. Yeah. He was released from the Jets during the, what was it? The Tuesday night game. Yeah. Very randomly. Just released. They just kind of threw it out there. But I mean, it's not totally random. We've been hearing rumors that they've wanted to trade Le'Veon Bell for a while now. And they haven't been able to do it. And why would they be able to do that? Because they signed him to if a you bonkers have to contract. Pay him anyways this year. That's what confuses me. Like, why not? They were clearly him? butting heads. I don't. Does Adam Gase get along with himself? I have no idea. But now he's with the Chiefs, which I'm excited to watch him play for the Chiefs. Now I don't think Le'Veon Bell is this great running back anymore. It doesn't mean he can't be great in Kansas City. With that offense, it doesn't take a whole lot to be like Damian Williams was good in that offense. If he can be good, anybody can be good. And I think he's going to get a lot of receptions, a lot of targets. That's, I think that's the most underrated aspect of this. Even if you think he's like totally toast as a an actual running back, he is still a great receiver. He does. He so on the ground, he gets exactly what the O line gets you. In college, he was super inefficient. He came into the NFL super inefficient. Then the Steelers line was absolutely elite, the best in the league, and he did great. Cool. Then the line kind of suffered a little bit in 2017. Bell suffered. He only averaged 4.0 yards per carry. Went to the Jets. Their line sucks. He sucked. So the Chiefs' line has to be good. And if they're good, he'll get yards. If they're not good, he won't get yards. But he will get – he's really good as a receiver. Like, he can catch the ball. He can go down the field. He can be used in that way. And you know the Chiefs and Andy Reid will get creative with him. Oh, yeah. And you have to remember, like, part of the reason that he wanted a big paycheck was to be utilized as a receiver. The Jets were – the Jets paid him, and then they declined to use him in a fashion well, that – Last year they are using him a lot as a receiver, but, like – behind the line of scrimmage and he would just get tackled immediately like the jets are just they don't know how they're to a bad anybody. organization but they're bad also i think a big part of this is that the chiefs were missing a goal line back i mean clyde edwards elair elair but is, is smaller. not even a great goal line back he's, he's not bad he's pretty he's good. never been a, a he, he scored he's a lot of touchdowns in pittsburgh he's never scored more than 10 yeah but I mean, nine is a lot. <laughs> oh, God. Fine. <laughs> no, I, I think he will be the goal line back there pretty easily. He will He's just get not all the a prototypical goal line back. I think he'll be good. I think he'll score touchdowns. He'll get targets. I don't know how efficient he'll be, but it'll be fun to watch him. I think this is a great signing for the Chiefs. Uh, and it, it does suck for Clyde Edwards-Alaire with his fantasy value for this year. He was your first-round pick. Yeah, he was first-round pick. I... I think he still will be playable like I don't think they're just going to sit the Chiefs first round pick too like I don't think they're just going to sit him he'll play and hopefully he'll be more efficient now that he's not dependent on so much in the game 
Uh, maybe he'll get some more targets and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it stinks for him. But in Dynasty, I would go buy him if he's cheap. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's not going to wreck the long-term value of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Maybe now, but not forever. Yeah, agree. And then on to some people who are missing practice, because why wouldn't they be? Why wouldn't they be in 2020? 2020. Dalvin Cook, growing not practicing, he is very likely to miss week six. So if you have Alexander Madison, you are playing him. It's been odd, though, because if you've listened to the reports out of the Vikings, they're like, yeah, he's he's fine. I, we're not going to sit him just because we're heading into a bye week. Like they've They been, will sit him. But you're going to sit him yeah. because you're heading into a bye week. Why wouldn't you give him? That would be stupid. Alexander Madison is good. He's good enough to, you know, replace Dalvin Cook. Plus, what? They're like one and four anyways. What does it matter? Sit your good, your star running back that you just paid and let Alexander Madison take the reins for a week. If for some odd reason you play in a league that people aren't paying attention and Alexander Madison's on waivers, pick him up. That also means you're not paying attention. That also means you're not paying attention. And you're probably not listening to our podcast then because you probably don't care yeah. that much. But in case somebody has a whoopsie, just yeah. just double check. Yeah. Uh, CMC's still not practicing. He's still on IR. He is eligible to come off, but it doesn't sound like it's going to happen anytime soon. So Mike Davis, you just keep riding him. I mean, he's been fantastic. It's... If, I keep saying he's CMC light, but is he that light anymore? He's definitely scoring less than what CMC was scoring, but everyone, like CMC would have been scoring less than CMC was scoring last year. Mike Davis has been absolutely fantastic while he's been out, at least for fantasy. And uh, yeah, if you have him, keep plugging him he in. He is a must start as long as he is in the lineup. Absolutely. I do have concerns though. So do you remember a few weeks ago, I traded you Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. for James Robinson, Robert Woods, and was there a third? Yeah, there's somebody else, but... I can't remember who the third was, but this is why, because I, I anticipated this sort of long period of time where we're not going to know, is he returning, is he not, is he fully healthy, can we take him off IR? I, I don't want to deal with it. He'll be back by like week nine, and I'll mm. have CMC. Yeah, but... You might be out of contention by that oh, point. please. I have a better record than you. Julio Jones, hamstring, did not practice yet this week. He's out. 100%. You think he's out? 100%. Okay. Out. Deontay Johnson, back, uh, wasn't practicing Wednesday. Did you see an update yesterday? I guess he is on pace to play. I don't, I don't like I don't any. know how many times you can keep – this is two weeks this season that Deontay Johnson got a – hot zero in your lineup because he got hurt immediately and it's not his fault and you know he was good plays you you would think he's a good PPR play but if he keeps coming in and playing one drive and then leaving like how many times are you going to trust him in your lineup I feel like I need to see him get through a couple games before I plug him back in you didn't draft him in a spot that he's a must play so hopefully you have other options I can't trust him this week no I I don't think you you can do that. But are you trusting Chase Claypool against the Cleveland Browns no. who are oh, I well, I'll plug I'm playing him. I'm playing him everywhere. Okay, but this is what happens. Is no. A, a rookie goes off and then This is the ideal matchup. So like even if he hadn't gone I off would last play week, him. I didn't mean to say I wouldn't play him. I just don't expect you a no, whole lot. You don't you cannot expect what he had last week. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. DJ Chark is not practicing. I believe he may have gotten in a limited practice yesterday. He's out. 
Yeah, and he's also another one of those guys, like, I don't know if I can trust you. I need to see him get through a game healthy before I can plug him back in. But you might not have the opportunity to sit him if he does play. Melvin Gordon, DUI, uh, could face punishment down the road, uh, but I don't think that's going to come until, like, November when his case is settled. So, yeah, I... But, like, the team can discipline him. Yeah, but they're not. So he's playing this week. That's weird. Cam Newton off COVID-19 list. So Woo! he will be playing week six versus Denver. And I'm excited to have him back. And then uh, after being benched, Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, expected to start. Hey, hey, six. hey. He was benched for his own protection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's fully healthy and he's good to go uh, awesome. for week six. So, But, no, he wasn't benched for terrible terrible performance he was benched to save himself like that's so stupid all right before we jump into our boom plays and sleepers and stinkers of the week i want to take a second and discuss some of these confusing backfields because i think in the beginning of the season right in the off season we knew these backfields might be confusing but we were hoping by week six, we would have some answers. I'm not sure we do yet. So let's talk 2020, about... 2020, baby. I think the biggest headache, or there's a few of them, but the Rams, right? Because there is... There's something there, right? There, whoever gets the, the majority of the workload, they're going to be good for fantasy. We've seen now Daryl Henderson have a few really great fantasy weeks. And then all of a sudden, he gets 10 carries in week what was it, week four? And you're like, what happened? Like, he and was Malcolm doing Brown's so well, the and then he did nothing. And then last week, when you sit him again, he goes off for 20-something points. Cam Akers had a nice run at the end of the game. I mean, the game was over, and I don't really think Washington was playing anymore. But he did rip off a 40-yard run, made his stats look nice, but he didn't do anything before that. Who Malcolm Brown is, I don't even know if he's playable anymore, but he does get touches. So going forward, are you playing anyone in this backfield? And if you are, is it Henderson or is it? do you think Akers will start to get more work now that he's back from injury? If I'm playing anybody in this backfield, like some, you might not have an option. Like you might need to play yeah. whatever player you have in this team. I think I would feel most comfortable with Daryl Henderson. We've seen his upside. He was used at the goal line. He's used as as all three. All three were healthy, and it was Daryl Henderson in at the goal line. He scored two touchdowns, and yeah, he's the receiving back. So I I think he has the highest ceiling. All of them have incredibly low floors. Yep. So for me, if I'm trying to juggle, you know, which one of these guys I'm because they all have the same floor is that I know next week now. Like, because we're thinking, oh, Daryl Henderson has this role. Like, what we think his role is. Now, next week, it's going to be at the goal line, Akers is in. Or they get to the goal line, and Brown is in. But it's, I think you just have to ask yourself, like I said, all of them have very similar floors. Like, they're they're poo. (laughs) The floor is made of poo. Now, you know what Daryl Henderson's ceiling is. You don't know what... Really, anybody else's ceiling is. You, yeah, Malcolm Brown doesn't have a ceiling, so there's no ceiling. The ceiling is a dot to him. He lives outside. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he had a really good week one, but like since then, it we haven't seen like just as much magic. I'm going with Daryl Henderson. I I don't want to play any of them, but all right, you might have to. The Ravens backfield. You literally can't play any of them, right? Because 
I don't know what happened to Mark Ingram, but he's not looking good. That backfield was gold last year. I mean, anyone who touched a ball got five yards of carry, and this year just doesn't seem that same way. I They're... finally bought into Mike, Mark Ingram, and this is what you do to me? I did too, finally. Uh, but <sighs> J.K. Dobbins, you know, isn't getting the work that he needs to get to succeed in fantasy. I'm not starting a Ravens running back until I see something switch, until one of them is used consistently. Like, if let's say you have J.K. Dobbins on your bench, and then he goes off and he has a great week, and then moving forward he's used. Like, who cares? At least you have, you know, okay, this is a running back that I can use from now on. But I'm not plugging him into my lineup and just hoping it changes on the fly. Uh Question, though, if you have J.K. Dobbins in a redraft league, have you not dropped him? Yeah, I would have already dropped him. But then you have it in the back of your head, like, what if it's like Nick Chubb or Miles Sanders, where it takes a while to get the workload? It might. Because with J.K. Dobbins, it's just the workload. It's not like we've seen him get this big workload and he's stinked. It's just he hasn't had it yet. Stinked. Stinked. Stunk. (laughs) Whatever. Stinked. So I actually probably wouldn't have dropped him yet because I still have Zach Moss on many benches. So He's been injured at least. Yeah, but he is. His toe fell off. It's the same thing with J.K. Dobbins, where he hasn't been injured, but he hasn't been used yet. So we haven't seen their potential. Yeah. His toe did fall off. I don't know. It's must. I just picture it like green and rotten. I'm hoping it's <laughs> Not growing usable. back. It sounds, all indications are that it's growing back. This Ooh, week. that's good. Maybe he can finally play. Uh, the Detroit backfield, uh, like. Adrian Peterson's doing all right. Adrian Peterson's doing what he always does over the last few years. Like, he's doing all right. He gets he's like, so annoying. He gets like 90 yards on the ground. The thing is, when you're playing in any type of PPR league, like, it's just not really exciting, right? Like, he gets you eight points, so that's not a good week in PPR. No. So he needs to get into the end zone, and his ceiling is literally like 90 yards and a touchdown, which... Yes, I'll take 15 points. That's nice. But that's a ceiling. And I just don't know if I'm excited about plugging that in. But you know what? Like, if if you have some of maybe these wide receivers that are, like, swing for the fences kind of plays, like a Will Fuller or um, a Marquise Brown who have just super, super high potential but could – could give you stinkers like having a guy like AP in your lineup isn't necessarily a terrible thing but it feels pretty gross yeah yeah and DeAndre Swift isn't being used enough either it's he's randomly being targeted but not consistently enough that he could even be a viable play in you need to get a receiving touchdown basically with Swift for does it concern you at all that it's been AP in this backfield he hasn't really done anything to necessarily keep the backfield is it concerning to you that deandre swift hasn't made his way onto the field for more carries adrian peterson also hasn't done anything to lose the backfield that's the issue it's adrian peterson he steals he ruins backfield uh, so so this is the question though like so he hasn't it's not like he looked like the ap of many years ago he looks like 34 year old ap like that's what he looks like that's He's not giving you any surprises because that's just what he is at this point. I'm not worried about Swift as a player because we know Matt Patricia just is not a smart coach. But, I mean, as long as Matt Patricia is there, DeAndre Swift is probably not a viable fantasy option, sadly. 
Uh, moving on to a more interesting backfield that actually has some fantasy relevance, the Bucks. So Ronald Jones has been solid, solid enough the last two weeks, but Fournette's been gone, McCoy's been gone. They're both expected back this week. What happens? Because Ronald Jones was barely usable when those two were there. Fournette had that one nice long, long run that made his fantasy day nice that one week. Can you start any of these guys when they're all healthy? I mean, you're not starting McCoy, but can you start Fournette or Ronald Jones when they're both playing? Uh, I If I have to lean one way, I say Ronald Jones, which is gross, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think while Fournette's been out, Ronald Jones has proven that he should get more carries. The only thing he scares me, he's also proven he should not be on a passing downs because the dude cannot catch a ball. No, and that might that might keep him off of the field. So I Well, I don't understand. I always wondered this about basketball players too, right? Like basketball players who are centers, they can't like make like there's a lot of them they can't make like a five foot shot. Like, but this is what confuses me about players who can't catch a ball and can't make a shot. It's like you grew up playing this game, right? So you were playing catch. You were play, you were shooting the ball. That's how you got good at basketball, right? Like you grew up playing basketball. How can you not make a five-foot shot? Or how can you not catch a ball five feet away from you? Like you grew up playing this. Like you caught the ball. Especially when you were a child, you weren't just running the ball. That confuses me so bad. It, it, it confuses me so hard, but I didn't he, realize this was such a. He has heated. stone cold hands. It's they're oh my god, they're so bad. Are but they Chile? I'm starting Ronald Jones over Fortnite. If I have to start one of them, I'd prefer not to. But there's so many gross backfields. You probably have to. Another gross one. The last one I want to talk about before we get into our boom plays. Just uh, love all this grossness. The Bills backfield because Singletary. Mm. Last week scored three PPR points, uh, and that was without Moss. And the week before that, you know, he looked pretty decent. He's looked decent without Moss before last week. But for fantasy, he just doesn't score that many points. And when Moss was there, weeks one and two, he, like, his snaps were cut in half. He wasn't very, you know, you couldn't play him a fantasy. So what are you doing now if Moss is back? You're not starting Moss this week. Keep him on your bench. But Singletary, can you plug him in? I think you have to because I don't. I just don't know where you're going to get Ronald Jones or Singletary. I would rather start Ronald Jones because at least yeah. he is in a goal near the goal line. He doesn't score either. Ronald Jones actually doesn't score touchdowns. But Singletary, you know, they won't use him around the goal line. Like they refuse to. They put in TJ Yeldon all last week. Yeah, I'd rather. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, yeah, I guess I would go Ronald Jones, but, ugh, <laughs> yikes. So the thing with Singletary is you have to have him rip off a couple long runs and hopefully rip one off for the goal line uh, into the end zone because he's not getting the touches once they get inside the 10. Like, they refuse to give it to him. And he's also very poor in pass protection, so they don't really want him out there too much on passing downs, which kind of stinks Yeah, as well. So we'll see what happens with that backfield. There's so many gross backfields. Those are just to name a handful. I'm sure I we mean, could keep going on. But just to be selfish real quick, like, can we just give TJ Yeldon a round of applause for giving up, like, a major a major pass-blocking oh, assignment? Because yeah. uh, thank you for getting Zach Moss back into the lineup as soon as we know he's healthy. Yeah, Yeldon, uh, I have, I'm not worried about that. I have a, a tingly sensation. About Zach Moss this week. I'm not going to talk any more about it. I uh, I don't. 
but <laughs> I normally jinx people, so I don't even want to think about it or talk about it. You do jinx people, yes. So hopefully he has a great week, but I'm, I'm not expecting much. All right, let's get into our boom plays of the week. Our favorite players, the ones that we think are going to end this week as a top five option. Boom! Uh, so I kind of want to start. Actually, our boom plays of the week are from the same exact team. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going with A.J. Brown, Tennessee Titans wide receiver. He's finally back and healthy. It was great to see him on the field on Tuesday against the Bills. Uh, did the Bills know that A.J. Brown was active? I don't Because so. I, <laughs> there were no DBs within, like, the same area code that, like, what? He only had, like, 89 yards, but... Yeah, but he was wide open the for thing all is, of those yards. That's he, a problem. He had 80-something yards, and they weren't really passing for a while towards the end of the game because they were kicking the Bills' butt, so they didn't have to pass. So it's really promising to see what he did uh, his first week back from injury. Last year against Houston, he dominated this defense. So in week 15, he had 13 targets, 114 yards, and one touchdown. And then in week 17, he had eight targets, 124 yards, and one touchdown. So over 110 yards and a touchdown in both games against Houston last year. And he had 13 targets in that one matchup. That was a career high. Now, of course, teams change, right? But I don't think Houston's defense all of a sudden got better. Yes, I know they're not allowing as many receiving yards, but it's because they're getting blown out and teams are just running on them. Last week we saw once they were actually beating a team, they're beating Jacksonville. Wide receivers weren't having that hard of a time putting up numbers. I mean, it's Jacksonville's wide receivers who, without DJ Chark. So they had the Visca Chanel and uh, Keelan Cole and Colin Johnson and... Two of them scored touchdowns. Uh, Colin Johnson and Kalen Cole scored a receiving touchdown. Chris Conley had 58 receiving yards. LaVisca Schnault had 79 receiving yards for seven receptions. Like, that's a, th- those are good numbers for those wide receivers. So it's not like the Texans are dominating uh, against the pass. I am pumped to start A.J. Brown this week. Yeah, and so my, my guy is a young man. I don't know if you're familiar with this player or not. Uh, Derek Henry. Yeah. Sir Derrick Henry, King Henry, uh, who's actually been... So we just expect the Titans to kill it this week, huh? I, I think it'll be a competitive game, but, um, I mean, no matter what, Derrick Henry gets touches, period. He's on pace for, uh, let's see, 428 touches. <laughs> that is a lot of touches. He's not doing too much with them, That's, I will say. So that is the issue. He is averaging a career-low 3.8 yards per touch. No bueno. No. Last season and the season prior, he was at 5-plus yards per touch. So I don't love that. He's only averaging 3.7 yards per carry on the ground. He's not breaking off those long runs like no. last year. I think that's the issue. I, I do think as the year goes on, defenses start to get more tired. He starts to wear them out more. He will start breaking those longer runs. Well, and here, I you know, I think uh, we need the passing game to get in rhythm, which I think we saw a bit more of that this week. Um, I, I just expect him to have a bounce back week. He's faced a few, uh, a couple of the not easiest defenses. He hasn't had the easiest schedule. Uh, faced Denver, allowing the 32nd most fantasy points in the league <laughs> uh, to the running back position. He faced Jacksonville, uh, didn't do a ton uh, despite the the relatively easy matchup. Then he faced the Vikings. Like, all of these matchups are not great. He hasn't had a blowout schedule, but I'm going to I'm gonna get 
Give the man some room. Houston's been Houston's, giving up a lot of... Uh, Houston's allowing a lot of rushing yards, and, like, why not just funnel this game through Derrick Henry? The last time he played Houston, he had 211 yards and three touchdowns, <laughs> uh, which is just outstanding. I don't know if you know that, but that, that might even be an RB1 performance on the week, so... I think you, you got to be confident in Derrick Henry. What's know, wild is that's not his top game of his career. Yeah. That, he's had like a 260-yard game with four touchdowns against Jacksonville. Because uh, I was like, oh, this must be career high. It, nope. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. I Get forgot, out of here. I forgot about that wild Jacksonville game. Oh, you fell asleep during that game, and it was the best day of my life. Let's move on to flex play of the week. I feel like we may have cheated a little bit on these flex plays. They might be a little soft for flex plays. They, no, but we are soft. doing. We're, we're doing a sleeper of the week as well, so those will be a deeper, yeah. deeper flex plays. And we both are, I think, talking about flex plays that may have disappointed or you might have questions about. All right. Well, mine's Raheem Mostert, and he's done nothing. He is not disappointed. Uh, but we're some Rams. If you're thinking about going with another running back over him, I I love Raheem Mostert, A, this whole season, but also this week. He has 126 scrimmage yards per game this season. What's more impressive about that, it's only on 14 touches per game. So 126 scrimmage yards per game is third in the NFL. That's only behind Kamara at 135 and Aaron Jones at 127 scrimmage yards. So one less scrimmage yards a game than Aaron Jones. The difference is Kamara and Aaron Jones are averaging 20 touches per game, while Mostert's only averaging 14 touches per game, and he's doing the same thing they are. Mostert has been brilliant. He breaks off long plays. So that's the issue. Everybody says, well, he's he's only breaking off, you know, a long play. But he keeps breaking off long plays. and That's the kind of player he is. But, yeah, and, and when you ask yourself, okay, is it, you know, is the These defense... people better not be playing like Tyree Kill then because he only has long plays. Yeah. Like, that's a stupid reason. It is a stupid reason because the reason that he breaks off these plays is because he ran, like, what, a 4-3? Like, he's fast as hell. Yeah. Like, that is the reason why he breaks off chunk plays, and he is so fast. He's uh, clearly the best runner on that team, and... It, he makes guys miss. He is fast. And what the, do you want him to do? The Rams aren't the easiest run defense in the league, but they're not the hardest. They're right in the middle of the pack, allowing 140 scrimmage yards per game to running backs. But what's when you're looking into it, they're middle of the pack, and they've played some really terrible backfields. So they got to play uh, Washington football team and the New York Giants, and they're still allowing 140 scrimmage yards per game. They allowed Miles Sanders, Zeke Elliott, and Singletary to all have over 120 scrimmage yards. Sanders and Zeke had both had touchdowns. So Zeke had two touchdowns against them. Miles Sanders had one. Singletary doesn't score touchdowns, so that's not fair. He's allergic. <laughs> He's allergic to them. But the Rams are giving up plenty of yardage on the ground. They're allowing uh, rushing touchdowns. Love this game for Raheem Mostert. I'm sure you're playing him anyways, but I'll give you some confidence uh, to plug him into your lineups. Similarly, this is a guy that probably hasn't left your starting lineup, but he's been disappointing. Yeah, he has. Like, he's gotten the job done for your fantasy teams, but, eh, like, not the upside we were hoping for. Uh, Mr. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, come on down. The thing is, people are lucky that Marlon Mack didn't get hurt 
in the offseason because Jonathan Taylor would have been a first-round pick just like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The only reason he was going third, fourth round is because people were scared of Marlon Mack still getting the work. Well, once Marlon Mack went down, we were all like, Jonathan Taylor is going to take over the season and be a league winner, and we haven't seen that yet. And I think he's talented enough that sooner or later as the season goes on, he'll keep getting better. But we haven't seen it so far yet, so there might be people questioning, do I keep plugging him in? Yeah, I I think that it's a reasonable question. He's been uh, averaging 4.3 yards per carry. That's fine. Um, You you sort of expected a lot more from this rookie. He got lucky with some touchdowns, and that's sort of really what saved your fantasy day. He hasn't been super involved as a receiver, averaging just 61 yards per game. Honestly, he hasn't been super involved as a rusher. Like, the Colts are not running the ball that often, at least with Taylor. Without Mack, I mean, we saw in week two he had 26 carries. We were all pumped and hyped up. And then 13 carries, 17 carries, 12 carries the last You're three not, weeks. Like, I think the Colts need to have a wake-up call and realize that they are not going to win games with Phillip Rivers. The way to win games is with your defense and with the run, and I think the sooner they realize that, the better. But this is a perfect, perfect bounce-back matchup against the Bengals. Absolutely love, love, love this matchup for him. Bengals are allowing the second most rushing yards per game to the running back, 131 on average. I'm going to guess that Jonathan Taylor is going to have, what, like 122 of those? Running backs are able to do whatever they want against the Bengals. And I I think this will be a great week for Jonathan Taylor as well. He is my fire play. Not my fire play of the week, but he is a fire play in my article this week. It's the perfect matchup. Uh, You know, you have this rookie quarterback going up against the best defense in the league right now. The Colts should be able to control this game very easily uh, unless Phillip Rivers finds some way to screw this up, which I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But the opportunity should be there to run the ball 25 times. Yep, it should be. Uh, We just need them to actually do it. So I really like Jonathan Taylor as well this week. Hopefully we see him more involved in the passing game like he was in week one. We were all pumped, and then that kind of just disappeared. But I agree with you. I think Jonathan Taylor is a must-play this week. All right. Yeah, let's get into sleepers because I feel like we both cheated there. Yeah, we did a little bit. So let's get into a sleeper. This one you're probably not – it's not on your radar to plug them in this week. And you don't have to plug in these players, right? Like if you have better options, don't fit them into your lineups. But if you're looking, you're like, oh, my goodness, I have nobody to play. I need someone that has a good ceiling. I think Meikle Hardman versus Bills is a decent shot this week. Now, when we're talking about Meikle Hardman, he's completely boomer bust, right? Like. He's going to get that long play or he's not. And that's what's scary about playing him. But Hardman played 57.9% of snaps uh, out of the slot. And that's the most on the Chiefs offense for percentage of uh, plays out of the slot. We know that the Bills struggle there. Uh, The Bills defense in general has been struggling lately, especially without Tredavious White last week. But White is expected back. He's going to be on Hill. Tyreek Hill, if they're going to plug Hardman in more out of the slot, I think that's where the Bills suffer the most. Sammy Watkins is dealing with an injury. Le'Veon Bell's not there yet. He's not going to be playing this week, so he's not going to be stealing those targets. I think Hardman's going to see more time. He had 51 snaps last week. That's the most since week two, 2019. But the, the nice thing is, too, that we've seen 
we've seen Mahomes take some some end zone shots at yeah. McCole Hardman. I feel like Hardman's been getting more looks this year. Uh, he's made some really big plays. And that's the thing about Michael Hardman. If you're, you're plugging him in as a wide receiver too because you need a wide receiver or a flex spot, he just needs that one big play to make it an, a, a solid fantasy day for him because his plays are 60-yard touchdowns. Like, yeah. those are his plays. I, I do think with Sammy Watkins, I, I think he's going to miss this week. Um, he's going to be out. So I think Michael Harmon sees more time. It's the perfect opportunity against a Bills defense that's struggling, especially in the slot. I feel okay playing Michael Hardman. If you don't have space for him in your regular leagues because you have better options, then try a DFS lineup with him. Yeah, I, I really like that. I would feel comfortable putting a, a fiver down on a touchdown for Michael Hardman this week. Okay. I would Anytime pretty- score. Anytime score. I feel feel nice about that. I like it. And, you know, the thing I think we should also remember is that it, it's very possible that this is a multi-week injury for Sammy Watkins. So he might actually be giving you some value for, for more than just this one plug-and-play week. So I absolutely love that. For my sleeper of the week, I'm going with Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole. Uh, I've been trying to make this thing happen for a long time. It happens when you don't expect it to happen, and then when you plug him in, nothing happens. It's yeah. like Scotty Miller. Yeah, he's so annoying. Um, <laughs> we do have uh, Keelan Cole, who should see some increased opportunity. I don't project D, uh, DJ Chark to play this week. He hasn't necessarily had any fantastic uh, games where he's exploded. Hasn't he hasn't been the 100 receiving yard guy, but he has been capable of a good touchdown and making some big plays. So, Keelan Cole, he's actually uh, tied for the most end zone targets out of anybody within the Jaguars offense. That will only get better this week in the absence of DJ Chark. I, you know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna place a five dollar parlay okay. on a Nicole Hardman touchdown. And a Keelan Cole touchdown. All right. All right. Uh, both the Coles. Hey, Cole. Cole, me Cole. Cole. Yeah, I, I like it. And I, I. Science. If you do that, you would probably win a decent amount of money for even just putting down five bucks. I bet you it's like a, a $100 winner there. I'm just, I'm going to be checking on that. But right. I really like his, his chances. I like the opportunity. Um, I, I, I think that he's a great play. And honestly, just watching him. This year, he looks like a different player than he did last year and the year prior. All right, let's move on to stinkers of the week. Someone that we're, uh, you know, you probably have to play, but we're tempering expectations. Uh, I have two of them. I'm going to kind of cheat here. It's both Joe Mixon versus the Colts and Miles Sanders against Baltimore. Now, Joe Mixon has been a stinker all year long, except (laughs) for one game against Jacksonville, who we talked about. Anyone has been destroying them. He's getting a ton of work, you know, over 20 touches a game, sometimes over 30 touches a game. 69 rushing yards, 46, 49, 59. Only scored a touchdown in one game. And that just happened to be a three-touchdown game. So people got pumped about it again. Again, that was Jacksonville. So now he has to play against Indy. Yeah. And they're actually the best, like, defense in the league this year. Really solid against the run. We saw Kareem Hunt really struggle last week. We were excited that he was going to get the workload. The issue is the matchup stinks, right? So if 
the Bengals, you can blame it on whatever you want. Like, if I'm saying Joe Mixon's not a good fantasy player, it doesn't mean I don't think he's talented. It's just, it's not working out for fantasy, just like it never works out for fantasy. Now he gets a hard matchup. He's going to need the targets he got last week, and maybe he will. The last two weeks, six targets, eight targets. That's great. That's what you want to see. The issue is six targets and eight targets turned into 30 yards and 35 yards. Whoops. But if it's PPR, full PPR, you got six points, six points in both of those weeks. That's a free six points. Kind of makes up for not ever scoring touchdowns or getting any yardage. So it's not the worst play of the week. I just think you need to temper expectations. And then same thing with Miles Sanders. Now, I had him in as an ice play last week as well against the Steelers because I was nervous about it. He ended up breaking off a 74-yard run touchdown. That is great. You know what? Like, Miles Sanders is a good player. He's able to break off those long runs. But you can't count on that happening against the Ravens defense. He had – so, remember I just said he had 74-yard long rushing touchdown against the Steelers. He ended with 80 rushing yards. Yikes. So, that means he had six rushing yards the rest of the game. Throughout the entire rest of the game, he had six rushing yards. It was the right call to say, you know, maybe you want to temper expectations. I can't call a 74-yard just a breakdown by the defense. It was just a mental breakdown. The process was correct. And he only had two receptions for 19 yards. So he did struggle. He just happened to get that long touchdown run. Now, maybe he can do that same thing against the Ravens, break a long run. I'm not counting on it. The Ravens' defense are just as good at stopping the run as the Steelers. So I do think... He could struggle again this week. He's not getting the targets we thought he was going to get. Elshon Jeffrey could be back. Deshaun Jackson is expected back. That should take away targets even more. So he's going to need to get the touchdowns. He could. Like, you're probably still plugging in Miles Sanders. It's just temper your expectations. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And that's what, like, it. it's about the process, right? Like, if... You can't project. You can't do that. You and they almost had him down with a one-yard game. Yeah, game. He just broke a tackle, and then there was no defenders there the rest of the way. It's It was a great play by him. Really good moves. Miles Sanders is a talented running back. It's just he had six yards the rest of the game. <laughs> like That is wild. That is not good. Um, okay, my stinker of the week, I'm going to roll with Tyler Boyd, who's actually been a pretty decent asset for fantasy purposes he has. Uh, He's been a good surprise. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, him and, um, you know, rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, they're finding their stride. They look good together. But I just have to temper my expectations this week, especially after the production that we've already seen from him um, and the target share that we've seen from him. I think we have to temper our expectations against the Colts. Yep. Um, he has seen uh, 40 targets in the last five games. That is a lot of targets. The, the Bengals have been passing very heavily. I have to imagine that the Colts are going to literally suffocate Joe Burrow. That, like, that's the only way. I, I'm, like, I'm very confident. But yeah, if they can't get the running game going, they're probably going to be able to get to Joe Burrow a lot. I do like this pick. The only thing I wanted to say is the Colts have been really good on defense, but last week they did allow Jarvis Landry out of the slot to get nine they did. or four receptions for 88 yards. On nine targets, though. He had nine targets, only caught four balls. That's still good on the defensive end, but allowed 88 yards. But the different, I, I also think that, um, you know, it, you're you're looking at uh, a productive offense with 
a lot of success on the ground in terms of the Browns. Like, I still think that there's there's a difference between the Bengals and the Browns at this point. Can we can we agree on that? Like, yeah, I, I think the Bengals uh, look great for what they are, but the Browns mm-hmm. actually look to be, um, I think, different than last year. I don't think that their record right now is a total fluke. Do you? Um, I think they've played against some easier matchups, but so have the Steelers, so I don't want to say that. And the Colts are an easy matchup, and they actually handled them pretty well. And I I wouldn't want to say Dak Prescott is an easy matchup either. I know the Cowboys keep losing, but they scored a ton of points. So, you know, they're getting it done. The the Browns offense is getting it done. I think the Browns offense uh, and the Browns running backs are better than what you see um, in, in Cincy, I think that does help open things up for your receivers. I just don't see anything really going their way on Sunday it in could this be matchup. Ugly. It could be ugly for sure. Are they allowing fan- – where is this game at? It's in Indy, so I guess it doesn't matter. Anyways, it's away. I wonder if Indy's allowing fans. I don't believe so because it's indoors, correct? I have no idea. Okay. Oh, like the 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 dome, yeah. yeah. So places aren't allowing people indoors. I don't think dorms. they are. I think it's just out outdoor stadiums. Gotcha. But y'all, if I'm incorrect, there. Do they have the I'll retractable look. roof? That I don't know. I know we need a. I think they do. We're have not a retractable experts roof. on the stadium. <laughs> We're not experts. I do know it's a dome, but anyways, that doesn't really matter. But yeah, I, I do think we have to be worried about Cincy as a whole. But Tyler Boyd, like, if you have to plug in Tyler Boyd, I don't think it's the worst thing. I still think he's going to get. Probably eight to ten targets. Yeah. We'll just have to see what he does with those targets, and maybe he can break off a a good play. Yeah. All right. That's it for week six. Good luck. Hopefully your week six is better than my week five. I had a rough week five. I had a rough, rough week. Well, you know, the thing was, so with all of the – there was a lot of turmoil in terms of the COVID-19 effects this week. I set my lineups probably five or six times. Well, you week. didn't know if you could trust the Titans and Bills players. So I let you know what, and I have too many leagues. I left all of the Titans out of my lineups because I just didn't want to worry about it, and it did not work for me. Yeah, no, because they work. played and they all did really well. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, everybody have a great week six. Be sure to ask us your fantasy questions. I'm Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Michelle at Ball Blast. M. Ball Blast. E-M. Be sure to follow us on Twitter uh, as the Ball Blast team at Ball Blast FB. Check out BallBlastFootball.com for all of your best weekly content because we have so much going on over there. Uh, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Ball Blast. And consider supporting us as we continue to grow as a team. So excited for where we're headed. Um, and so excited to keep helping you guys win some championships, baby. All right. Good luck. Bye. Bye, y'all.